the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too. Roughly 300 people that were there to celebrate the end of Roe versus Wade. Obviously, very peaceful celebration. Well, the bottom line comes from the Bible. We are to have no fellowship with darkness. I didn't agree with teachers or anybody, for that matter, teaching my children that they didn't have the same opportunities as other children, simply based on the color of their skin. The folks today that you're talking about, they're just much more militant, and they're targeting even younger children. When we are counting ourselves as believers, that we need to count the cost of being a follower of Jesus. Yeah, and to think I used to be a liberal, too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still, still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to listen to our four-minute commentaries right here on The Word Columbus on Tuesdays and Thursdays just after 4 p.m. And also be sure sure to check out all our resources for parents and grandparents who want to be watchful about the culture's influence on your kids. And you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Many of us are very concerned about the promotion of sexuality and gender confusion and the grooming of our children. We know from teacher and parent whistleblowers that schools are sometimes secretly encouraging certain students to believe they were born in the wrong sex body and to go forward with or without parental consent to start on a lifelong course of medication that will wreck their young healthy bodies even end up with disfiguring surgeries, and so on. There are many other avenues that send children toward this delusion, however. And then when the schools encourage it also, it makes a parent's guidance that much more difficult. So what about the parent who's not on board with the alleged sex changes in their children? And in fact, who knows that delusion is part of a child's emotional struggles? Well, today we're going to talk to a parent who describes herself as heartbroken about the outcome in the lives of her children. And the advice that she can give to other parents out there may be quite invaluable. We will call my guest Maggie, which is not her real name, but I intend to honor her privacy and use this name. Welcome, Maggie, to Mission America Radio. Hi, thanks for having me today. Well, so Maggie, you were referred to me by a mutual friend, and I really appreciate your willingness today to share what must be a very sensitive 
and troubling subject, your testimony, your the background of your family. So please just give us an overview of what has happened with your children and your family. Um, yes, thank you. So my my eldest son had over the years, uh, my I had all three of my, my sons attending public school. And over the years, he went from um, being uh, bicurious to bisexual to homosexual to now he is uh, transsexual and engaging in witchcraft. And then that progressed to all out Satan worship and what have you. And he has said to me, you know, this is what he is doing now. Um, he, I had asked questions and obviously had tried to be respectful and loving and, and not jump down his throat. And I was still met with, if you do not go along with this, you are homophobic, you are transphobic. And eventually my son became physically abusive to me to the point where I had to evict him from my home. Um, as when he got older and he became an adult, I, I actually had to start the eviction process to get him out of my home. Wow. That's just overwhelming. It was just the, your one son. How about the influence on your other children? Yes. Um, so he had the combination of his influence and then from their friends and from what they were, the information they were getting from school, their schools was this is a great idea and it's all inclusive and it's ta it's the tolerant way to go. And anybody that questions or says, no, um, there are other ways to go about this or what about, you know, just the Christian worldview and trying to explain those things tactfully and respectfully. They were also convinced that those were not just wrong, but they had to be actively fought against in any manner possible, pulling out all the stops to browbeat, to threaten, to threaten violence, to also threaten isolation and ruining of the other person's character publicly, mm. privately, to, you know, falsely accusing of crimes. All of the stops were pulled so that, you know, myself or anybody else that merely said, wait, there's other viewpoints on this issue. And um, so they, they also were very angry with me and upset they would hear no reason no logic outside of the trans worldview and you know leftist policies or anything around bend the knee abject submission was absolutely rejected and fought against wow and so you had a lot of counselors over the years i'm guessing with your with your son correct Yes, with all three of my sons. We were all involved in individual counseling, family counseling, counseling where the therapists and psychologists and psychiatrists, um, the teams from uh, Nationwide Children's and then different different subgroups and what have you of the medical community would come in and, you know, give us all, all different kinds of therapy to try and help a lot of issues a lot of issues that came along with all of this. So yeah. I, I did everything that I, I was told to do by the medical community. So the uh, spiritual rebellion, the witchcraft and all of that, 
that came along sort of along the way as a teenager? And how, how did you deal with that? Um, so in, in public school, they were in, they were um, told about all different kinds of worldviews, which I was fine with. I, I was encouraging to please learn about the world. There, there, there was never a time where I said, you can't hear, you know, from other points of view. And, but also a lot of their friends over time were more and more into witchcraft and paganism. And um, then eventually all in out, all out Satan worship. At first I was like, well, we are going to church. You know, when they were younger, I would take them to church. We had a church that we went to a home church that loved us very, very much. And, you know, we were doing activities all the time. We were there Sundays, Saturdays, Wednesdays, and my, they, they funded my children to go to uh, day camps in the summertime, you know, Christian day camps. And so they were very immersed in the Christian culture and our, our church family. So I thought they would be okay. They would, you know, be able to see the truth and be able to weigh it against other worldviews, and they would eventually come out okay. But their friends were constantly pushing more and more pagan views and and then more witchcraft and Satanism. And, you know, it, it came in as Satan is my buddy, and we've got yeah. TV shows to watch, like Lucifer, and he's just a misunderstood guy. And, wow. um, it, and eventually it just, you know, my oldest, you know, now full on into Satanism. Wow. And he is how old now? He, he's 21 now. Okay. So what do you attribute to him going this direction you mentioned some issues when he was a preschooler yes so there were a lot of ingredients into this particular caustic recipe when he was a preschooler he had been molested by our female babysitter she was a teenager and i had when i found out about it I had gone to the local police station and told them about what was going on, and they had interviewed everybody they possibly could, and eventually they decided they would not file charges. Mm. I didn't know what to do after that, so we just got therapy. You know, I spent a small fortune over the years. That was one of the things that you know was talked about during therapy, and um also in the school system, it was just, you know, all of these things just kept coming in. And I noticed that my, all three of my boys were less and less willing to listen to what they were hearing in church and less and less willing to apply it in their daily lives. And then I find out they are just being bombarded in their public schools by the staff and by the kids about, you know, just... Any any viewpoint that is opposing to basic Christian fundamental belief systems. Wow. And so all of that was coming in. And you, do you think that there was counseling behind your back at school um, or advice uh, from specific teachers or counselors? I mean, did you ever run into that? Yes, we ran into that. There were, there, there was staff that was encouraging. 
encouraging teachers that would encourage him, even some of our therapists eventually over time um, would tell me that, no, what, you know, you need to celebrate your son's decision to be, you know, go from bi, bisexual to homosexual and, you know, all of these things were okay and I was the problem that why wasn't I getting on board? And mostly we would hear it from like the therapists and they were constantly looking for reasons why I was the problem. And again, you know, because of my job, I was very aware of like, if juveniles go down a particular path and their behavior gets so bad that they, they're, they don't want to attend school, they skip school and they're violent at school, there's a pattern of behavior that just kind of gets worse if you don't take care of it properly. Mm -hmm. And my sons were going through that, and we eventually had to go into the juvenile system because they were skipping classes or not going to school at all, getting into fights at school, and I eventually had to um, file uh, juvenile delinquency charges on my children. And so the older one affected the younger ones? Is that what happened? Yes, that too. Um, he was he was getting seeded the information from his school, uh, friends, and sometimes even the therapists, and he would seed that information about your, basically, to, well, he would seed that to my younger boys, and he would say, basically, your constitutional rights are more important than you know, it's your day, according to the chore chart, to take out the garbage or to do the dishes. And he would use the excuse of, well, you're just homophobic and to try and get out of doing his chores, doing his homework. And I'm like, buddy, I just want you to do your chores. That has mm -hmm. nothing to do with you calling me different adjectives, mm. derogatory adjectives. So, yeah, he would seed that into my younger sons, and then they got in on it, and they would do things. They would call the police, falsely accuse me of you know, beating them, and I even had them on video saying that they were going to do this. The police would come over. I would show the videos, and the police were like, "Well, we're just gonna have we're gonna have everybody go over to Children's Hospital, get checked out, and we'll just pass the buck over to them." And they wouldn't file any criminal charges against me because I had the videos. But we'd get to we would get to the hospital, and the doctors at first were like, "Oh, great! This is gonna be you know a parent that's a big problem," and you know they seemed almost giddy to try and, you know, say like, oh, here's a parent who's intolerant and she must be doing all of these awful things. My sons would lie to them and then they would do their investigation. They would bring children's services in and over the long, over the long haul, they would find out what my sons were telling them was untrue. Mm -hmm. Charges would never get filed. They, children's services would drop their cases and then in a few months, we'd do it all over again. Wow. Wow. You have been through so much and you sound like you've, you, you sound very like you're, you're doing okay. I mean, just from the sound of your voice, you sound like you're, you figured this out and you have a good head on your shoulders. That's all I can say. What, what can you say about that? How, how have you coped with this? Um, well, again, I spent a small fortune on therapy 
there there was that and, and but but also you know my walk with god i yeah. just constantly give all of this all of this nightmare over to him over and over and over again i am also motivated by trying to help other parents who are going through something similar so that they do not have to feel alone and they do not have to feel that their only recourse is to give up and you've been listening to our interview with Maggie. She's talking about her three sons, and her oldest has gone from bisexual to homosexual to becoming a full-out transgender person and into witchcraft and now Satanism. So stay with us here on Mission America Radio. This is Linda Harvey. We will be right back. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. And we've been listening to Maggie. This is a mom. It's not her real name. We're protecting her privacy. Let's listen more as Maggie talks about her amazing faith. I went through the scariest of situations where the police are knocking on my door because my children have called the police, lied about me, and are trying to get me arrested and get me fired from my job. And I have to go through this long-term process of being, you know, investigated. And I was willing to do it. To do it. I was like, I, I didn't do this. I, you, you can investigate me all you want, and you will find out. I did not do this. Mm. And I am right, and my sons are wrong. I have video, and, you know, we eventually got to that point. You, you just eventually have to become a chess player rather than a checkers player. And you've got to see several moves down the road. But again, it requires, you know, a partnering with the Lion of Judah every single day. Jesus must be your Lion of Judah. Yes. You are going into battle every single day when you have children that get us with oppositional defiant disorder and then you know you've got a child that is going through the bisexual to homosexual to transsexual and on and on gravitating throughout his life and and this strange path that he's on and there i really was working without a net if i was a single mom and if you know i went down the entire ship the entire airplane went down and i could not I couldn't do that. My children were so bad. They got so bad that my my family was too afraid to help. My church didn't know what to do. The church leadership really was like, you know, we'll pray for you. But we don't really know what to do after that. So I was really on my own. And wow. I couldn't let my children go without food. Go If I lost my job, who was going to support them? And I could not let that happen. I had to get up every day put my feet on the floor, and I had to go to battle. And I had to win. There, there, I had to live and survive. Otherwise, you know, what would happen to my kids? And, and the Lord has been with you this whole time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for this. I mean, I, yes. you, you must have felt his hand guiding you and holding you up time and time again. Again, it required a different kind of Jesus than what, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are used to. Mm-hmm. They're used to this mindset of Jesus as my boyfriend, you know, he's very, or, or baby Jesus, I he's very meek and mild and what have you. I had to get up and go to battle with the Lion of Judah yes. every single day. It was a war. 
because my children, I never knew when my children were going to pull whatever shenanigans. I'd get a phone call from, you know, the, the police, the school, the therapist, the, you know, the juvenile court. Every day, it was something terrifying. And it was that sort of all-out spiritual warfare every day required that I put on my full helmet, you know, the mind of Christ and, you know, put up my shield and have that, have that mentality ready to do battle every day. Um, has your son uh, had been on uh, opposite sex hormones? I mean, what, what is, give us the parameters of that and what the influence uh, has been. He says that he has um, gone to the doctors and gotten the hormones. He has not had any kind of surgeries yet, but he has also had some psychological breaks where he has had to be admitted to different uh, different hospitals. So he he is certainly in turmoil. Um, he he is also using street drugs. I'm sure that does not you know, work well with his system and whatever hormones he is taking. So there's all of that. You know, none of us knows how God may work in our lives or in the lives of our loved ones in the future. So how are you praying for the future about what may or may not come about in the future? I mean, give give some of these parents out there who have their own struggles, give them a perspective on how you do this. Every day I pray the victory over my children. I, th- these are my babies. I mean, every day in my mind's eye, I give my children who are my treasures, you know, where your treasure is, there is where your heart is located. And in my mind's eye, I put my, I put my babies on God's altar and I give them over to him every day. Sometimes depending on what problems pop up hourly and I declare the victory. I declare that Satan will not have my children. And we, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the enemy is a roaring lion who goes about looking for whom he may devour. And I just declare that he will not devour my children, that my prodigals are coming home, that God has not forgotten. He sees it is, you know, Hagar and Elroy, you know, doing battle in the desert. He sees us. He has not forgotten us. And I, I don't have the luxury of any other kind of prayer other than you go to the mat for your children every day because ultimately I know that my children, once the scales come off their eyes, once they have their road to Damascus moment for each of them, God will use them mightily to be mm-hmm. able to save the kinds of lost people that we that others definitely would not have been able to reach. Yes. You just can't pray a wishy-washy, God, maybe you might, or could you please, or, you know, maybe you could, dot, dot, dot. No, it is. Absolutely. I declare the victory. I declare that the enemy is broken, mm-hmm. and everything he tries against my children turns to ash and, you know, falls to the ground, and none of it lands. And I speak in victory over them every mm-hmm. day. These are my treasures. Is... Even though they they did all these awful things to me, I I still remember that I can. I'm their mother. I can conjure up immediately picture that picture in my mind's eye of you know of them as babies mm-hmm. and toddlers and you know as as parents we see our children as 
everybody that they've ever been in their lives. We see them in layers, and mm-hmm. I can still picture that. They are still my children, and that has absolutely nothing to do with well I should instead I should say they never stop being my children yes and and so they are valuable to me they are valuable to God and God is not done with them yeah so I pray the victory every day over them oh my prodigals are coming home God bless you Maggie God bless you and we have a theme on this show that with God all things are still possible so I am asking our listeners to pray that prayer for you and your children that with God all things are still possible so I thank you for sharing this with us today and God bless you Maggie thank you And, and you as well and friends I hope that you will remember this remember this testimony with everything you're going through with your children and grandchildren, and I know many of you are, just remember the strength and the faith of Maggie and watch out for everything that you can watch out for in the meantime to prevent your children from going down any of these roads. But we have to stand on faith because I still believe, and I know all of you do too, that with God, all things are still possible. I hope you have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com